This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Spooky Halloween. Spooky Halloween. It's your spooky Halloween episode of My Favorite Murder. Hi, guys. Welcome to Halloween. Can you believe Halloween this year? It's my favorite year it's, so it's far. Easily, hands down, the sexiest year of, of all. <laughs> the, because the sexiest holiday is clearly Halloween. Yeah. And then this year is of all Halloweens, the sexiest. Absolute sexiest. To date. The youngest, the, the youngest <laughs> sexiest people. That's what I was going to say. That's right. Our world is a fucking fire trash heap, and so we're really turning up the sexy this year. Why not? It's just like in uh, Mad Max when it's the end of the world, yeah. and that guy's playing saxophone. Tina Turner's the queen. There's yeah. only one banana. Fucking let's do this thing. Light up a thing All and there let's is, party. Is to cover you as little patches of of quilt over your boobs. And over a really nice maiden form bra. That's it's right. all sewn onto a wonderful foundation garment. That's right. That's why it stays. <laughs> And then now let's have wrestling in a half dome. Half dome wrestling. They still do MMA like that. That song isn't in that movie. Oh, well, shit. But you know what is? What? Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Um, I just tried to make myself a retainer, everybody. She did out of a paper clip, and I just sat watching in awe. This is the kind of, um, I would call it creative juices. Yeah. Pre-show creative juice flowing. That's right. We turn off the lights. We close the door. We, we tr- make retainers out of paper That's clips. That's right. This the kind that stick into the side of your mouth. <laughs> um, what are you, are you excited for Halloween this year? <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> are you making small talk with me? <laughs> I am. Even though I know I'm already going to be with you for Halloween. That's right. So I don't know why I'm asking you that. We have plans and I'm super excited about our plans. Our plans are going to be raging. We are going and... to rage up and down this coast. That's right. And we're going to, uh, what's that? Kid Rock? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna drive a yacht that's called Rock the Most, and then drive that bitch up and down the coast. Wow! Is Karen looked at Stephen, and thank God he shook his head. Don't no. look Stephen, at me for Kid Rock. Stephen, <laughs> thank God. Stephen was was that was a test. Like cringing away from me harder than I've ever seen him cringe away before. Shaking his head. No, but he grabbed his phone to look it up. So if that's anyone's why. gonna back me up on Kid Rock, I'm thinking it's gonna be <laughs> Little Stevie R over on the ones and twos. Stephen, that was a test. You pass. You have your job for another week. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was going to look up 311 lyrics. <laughs> Close. Um, All the same idea. We're going to be in Santa Barbara this coming weekend for our Santa Barbara, you know, Murderino takeover weekend. We're really That's excited. That's right. We've been mentioned that we're going to have canned wine there. That's right. And it's really exciting. It is really. For me. <laughs> it's really exciting for Georgia in particular. Yeah. I like it too. Alcoholic Karen's stoked about it. I mean, yeah. drunk, drunk Karen. <laughs> Calling her alcoholic Karen ruins the fun a little bit. <laughs> and it makes me feel kind of bad about myself too. So no, we can. You can be. You can just have a drunk face and okay. get get back out of it. A drunk face. It's easy. Yes, you should see my drunk face. You you automatically have the drunk face. Um, and we're also gonna have a murderino pop up maker, like so people will be selling their wares, and it's all really cool people. Just like how um in Marfa, Texas, they do pop up Gucci stores or whatever. Yeah. Prada. Yeah. Same thing except for people who make paint on teacups and make cool jewelry. Yeah. Do you know I've been to the Gucci store in Mid Marfa? You have, yeah. What'd you buy? You can't go in. It's like a, it's like a fake storefront in oh. the middle of nowhere. It's really weird. Is but it it's cool? It's an art. It's you... an art project it's store. <laughs> <laughs> it's an art pop up project. It's an art link letter production. That's right. Um, is it supposed to make you feel like all empty and hollow inside? Yeah, it's like a little bit of like consumerism. Yeah, like, out in the desert. You know, a statement about consumerism. Look it in the face. It's like a mirror out yeah. in the middle of nowhere. It's you looking at you. Why don't you look at your what's what's so Marfa about the inside of you? Right. You think you can buy Prada here? You can't. <laughs> it's because it's Gucci. <laughs> Wait, is it Prada? I'm not sure. Steven, why don't you know the lyrics to fucking Steven, Kid Rock? Bar with the bar. I'm gonna. I'm I'm gonna rent a yacht that's named Rocks the Most and drive that bitch that? up and down the car. How do you know that? Because it's one of the greatest lyrics written by one of the biggest lunatics of all time. You can't you can't drive a yacht on this on the I'm getting the words wrong. No, you're not. I'm not rap accurate and I never have rapture. Rap accurate. <laughs> this is the rapture. This is a rapture episode. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Um but first, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. We're really excited because we got so many great submissions uh, for Halloween hometowns that we're going to read you. I feel like so many of them were things that people's parents did to them as kids to ruin Halloween, which I appreciate. I feel like a lot of people that listen to our show also grew up in haunted Victorian mansions. (laughs) That's That's the vibe I'm getting from mine. a good 10%. Yeah. And they're here to tell their story and we're here to witness. And we're here to read it back to you. Should we do it? Stephen, are you going to put boiling cauldron sounds underneath this? All kinds of like spooky wind and maybe some bats. How about just a low flying plane that just interferes with sound? (laughs) I'll do that too. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Um, Join the fan call and and be our friend. Be our friend. That's it. This is all the ways we boss you at the top of the show. Yep. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. 
I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter promo code SPACE80. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. This is entitled Halloween Creep Story. Hello, spooky friends. Mm. Really good start. Mm -hmm. I've got a creepy Halloween tale for you. When I was 22, I was out partying for Halloween and my group of friends decided to leave the bars. I wanted to stay a little longer. Me too, girl. (laughs) With some other friends that we had met up with. So I told them that I would call myself a cab later. Mm. Mm, Don't love it. Mm -mm. When I was ready to leave, lo and behold, my phone had died. Yes, of course. (sighs) Don't leave your friends behind. Don't let your friends leave without you. Make sure you have charged your phone um because it's only when i was like five beers in did i suddenly get this independent streak yeah where i was like look i'm gonna walk home alone and no one can stop me where i had to have the kind of friends that were like no you're not get in the car yeah i did i did that once where i was like i'm staying behind with these new friends i made at the bar and i had a friend that bless his heart i got mad at for being like i'm not you're coming home with me right now and then the next day i was like thanks for doing that yeah Sometimes you have to fight with your drunk friends because yeah. they're drunk and they don't know. Yeah. They're seeing the world very differently. Yeah. Let's find out how this person did just okay, that. Okay, great. Ready? Go. When I was ready to leave, lo and behold, my phone had died. The house we were staying at was only about a mile away. Hmm. Mm. So I decided I would walk back. Mm. I was dressed as Margot Tenenbaum, complete with knee 
length fur coat. So I wasn't concerned about the cold. Cute. I mean, of all the things to be concerned about. And my <laughs> drunk ass didn't even think about running into creeps on the walk home. Wake up. I got about halfway to my destination when an older man pulled his car into the driveway that intersected the sidewalk oh, where no. I was walking. He rolled down the window and asked if I needed a ride. I politely declined, walked around his car. He then backed out and pulled into the next driveway and said, come on, it's cold out here. I'm sure you could use a ride. At this point, I ignored him and walked faster around his vehicle. He did this two more times. And each time I ignored him, remember my phone is dead and it's 2.30 a.m. So I didn't have much of an escape route. The fifth time he backed out and cut me off the next driveway. But this time he opened the passenger door and yelled, get in now. I'm not going to stop until you do. Luckily, a man in a truck pulled up next to me and said, hey, Jenny, I thought that was you. Hop in. I'm heading to John's place, too. Mind you, my name is not Jenny and I was not going to John's place. But I sure shit got in that truck and he and drove away from that creep. Oh, my God. And he drove me away from that creep. It turns out that the man that picked me up was an employee at the gas station that I had passed. As he was closing, he saw the man in the car cutting me off and trying to make me get in. He jumped into his truck and followed us, Mm. seeing that I was in danger. Hero. He drove me back to the gas station and let me wait inside with the doors locked and we called the police. After I had called 911, we saw the man in the car pull into the gas station and watch us from the parking lot. Oh my God. He stayed there until he saw the police car pull in. By the time we were able to tell the police that the car had just driven away, he was already out of sight. I don't know what happened after they took my statement. I just hope the creep wasn't able to hurt anyone. Needless to say, I was pretty shaken up, but I was able to get home safely and have never allowed myself to be in a situation like that again. Stay sexy and don't walk alone, especially on Halloween with a dead phone. Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. I would just like to say, um, hooray for that guy for taking the time to do that, throwing the risk and her picking up on his signals of like, hey, I'm here to help you. I can see how I'm going to help you. Yeah. Yeah. This is clearly bad news. Um, It's good shit. Yeah. That's that's the way to help each other and support our neighbors. Yeah. That's what we want to be doing for each other. Okay, this one's called Trick or Treat Halloween Lighthearted. Ahoy, hoy, all. <laughs> My favorite so far. Number one. When you asked at the end of last week's mini for Halloween-related stories, I knew I had to send this in. When I was around nine or ten, I decided that I wanted to dress up as an old, quote, old-timey gangster for Halloween. <laughs> at this point in time, I was obsessed with old film noir detective movies, so I'm going to blame those for this uh, entire experience. It was, in my opinion... A perfect costume idea. I would carry my violin case around and use it to collect sweets. I got to wear a badass hat and the outfit came with a jacket so my mom wouldn't ruin the look by forcing a parka on me. Yes. Ooh, that's very true. That's a good idea. Planning ahead for cold weather uh, costumes. Right. Only problem was I was a baby and didn't own a suit. Coming from a long line of thrifters, we decided to ask my uncles to see if I could borrow a suit from them. My dad wouldn't allow me to borrow his because, <laughs> quote, it's my only one and I need, it to ke- I need to keep it nice for when I'm being buried in it. <laughs> cool, dad. <laughs> Luckily, AKA subject clothes. Right. Luckily, my uncle Paul didn't care if I got sugar and glitter over his suit. He was, and still is, a cow farmer and only had it for funerals he couldn't get out of. Yes. Mm. 
So on Halloween night, I gelled back my hair, donned my tribly, oh Jesus, and affected my best godfather impression, which is hard when you're a high-pitched Glaswegian kid, but damn it if I didn't give it my all. Anyway, then I was a success. I got loads of candy and only dropped the violin case on my foot once. When I got home later that evening, it was to my mom and uncle's sister cagily hanging up the phone and pulling my dad off to the kitchen to talk. I figured it was just an adult, it's just adult stuff and proceeded to gorge myself and pass out on the couch. When I woke up a few hours later, I thought it was because my parents were moving me to my bedroom. But as I came around, I realized that I was still on the couch. However, the lights were off. My parents were standing over me with a flashlight and tweezers and my pajama bottoms had been rolled up. I felt something pinch my leg hard and freaked out, thinking, oh, God, they're finally stealing my organs to sell in the black market. (laughs) You might be wondering why a nine-year-old was thinking that, but my family has a very dark sense of humor, and my dad would regularly say, I'm not hugging you. I'm just feeling up which kidney I want to have (laughs) transplanted from you when... I'm not hugging you. I'm just feeling up which kidney I want to have transplanted from you when mine pack in. <laughs> oh, that is fun. Oh, the Scottish. Yep. A rare breed. Naturally, I flailed about screaming and my parents rushed to turn on the light and assure me that they weren't trying to harvest my innards. After a lot of yelling, I was eventually told that my mom had gotten a phone call from my uncle earlier that day saying, please tell me Kate didn't wear my suit. I've just been told I have scabies. What? No. (laughs) My mom managed to work herself into a tizzy about it. And when my dad and her came through to tell me, check on me, they noticed a black mark on my leg from when my PJs had rolled up in my sleep. They assumed it was a tick and decided it would be less scary for them to try and remove the tick from my leg without waking me up. I can't even begin to unravel their terrible reasoning behind this. However, it turns out the tick wasn't a tick, but a freckle my mom had forgotten about. So when they went to yank it out, all they did was wake me up to extreme pain and fear. (laughs) Luckily, I never contracted scabies from my uncle's suit, and after a thorough steam clean, he still wears it to funerals to this day. (laughs) Stay sexy and tick yes on the emancipation form because Jesus Christ, Kate. (laughs) Oh my God. He has scabies. Okay, but ticks and scabies are not the same thing. No. They're... (laughs) I've never had either. Thank God. Yes, thank God. Knock sure. on wood. Keep them away. That is the funniest story. Oh my. But scabies are little bugs, aren't they? I think they are, but they're really microscopic as oh. opposed to like a tick that's like bigger than a flea. Usually. They, sh- they should have known that. They, I, I mean, I think I, you're but right. I get it. That sounds right. I get it though, because once you're like, you have, you have a, uh, something on your yeah. skin. You're like, get it. Yeah, whatever it is, you're going to be p- peeling that shit off. <laughs> That's like the time that the girl down the street got head lice. Oh, yeah. It was around the time I was 12 and she, my mom <laughs> gets off the phone. She had just been over to play like the day before. Yeah. And it was me and my sister and Adrian and like mm-hmm. Jennifer Gehring. And um, my, my mom gets off the phone and goes, girls, uh, whoever girl down the street has head lice and we all start screaming and yeah. she goes everybody stay calm pull all the sheets off the bed and she just starts <laughs> screaming all of these all nurse these, like, do this do this do this because she's but a nurse the right? first thing yes she was she was telling us yeah. to stay calm meanwhile it was like strip down the house steam the ceiling like went insane <laughs> no one got it thank god oh, okay phew. moving on okay uh, spooky Halloween story, subject line, Old Louisville Murder Mansion on Shrooms. Mm. Hello, all. When I was in college at the University of Louisville, I may or may not have dabbled in various drugs. <laughs> uh, around my junior year, my friend group established a strict shrooms supervision rule after my friend... <laughs> 
after my friend almost burned her apartment down trying to make a pizza while she was tripping balls. Oh, my God. Come on. No cooking while you're high. No. She couldn't. This is parenthetical. She couldn't take the pizza out of the oven because, and I quote, it was such an angry pizza. <laughs> See, you, you have no business going no. near anything with heat. Mm-mm. Don't curl your hair. Don't talk to pizza. No. Don't have nothing really electrically based no. in any way or no. heat based. Heat, heat's bad. Make, uh, make other people cook for you you yeah. just eat food until it gets cold that's right and don't look at it in the face no and it's don't look in the bad. mirror that's right oh yeah okay since that debacle we decided that we should have a sober person present whenever any of us wanted Smart. to trip that's the least you should be doing that also sounds so boring for yeah. that sober person really what what did they do to deserve that day <laughs> uh one lucky october night in 2013 i was the babysitter for my friends steve and d about an hour or so into the trip they wanted to go walk around louisville and look at all the beautiful old victorian houses the walk was uneventful at first we just talked about life and at one point d stopped for approximately 10 minutes to pet a decorative stone lion at the end of someone's driveway. <laughs> oh my god! It's I <laughs> love that so much. Just stupid. Ten minutes. Stupid. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> On a way back down Fourth Street, D suddenly stopped in front of a dilapidated old mansion. I turned to see what he was doing and literally almost shit my pants because he looked like a total psycho. His eyes were huge. His face had gone completely pale, and he was just staring at this house. I ran over and asked if he was okay, and he just shook his head and said in a completely deadpan manner this is a fucking evil house (gasps) steve and i were super confused and asked what he meant he quickly started walking away and said there's black smoke all around that house and it is a fucking evil house oh my god steve and i just shrugged it off thinking d must be having a bad trip Mm -hmm. a few weeks later i was scrolling through facebook when that fucking house pops up on the screen. I was horrified as I learned the dark history behind this house. Oh my God. In the early 1900s, a doctor purchased the property and used it as a sanitarium. Uh, However, the horrible conditions there led to many of his patients dying in their rooms. Holy shit. In the 90s, a woman purchased the house, sectioned it off into apartments, and rented it out to... Rented it out to rather unsavory characters. One of her tenants, angry over a rental dispute, beat her to death inside the house. Holy shit. Uh Uh-huh. In 2010, a body was found shoved inside a barrel buried in the dirt floor of the basement. <sighs> it turns out that the next person who owned the house got into the, a lover's quarrel and beat, stabbed, and shot his lover to death before burying him in the basement. <sighs> the body remained there for five years before being discovered when a guest in the home reported a terrible smell coming from the basement. Finally, in 2012, a homeless man was found dead on the property from no apparent cause, but he was propped up against the <sighs> gate outside. <sighs> Many local Local Louis Louisvillians, is that real? Louisvillians, Lu- thank you. Is that Many right? Local Louisvillians, Louisvillians, Louisvillians. Yes. No, they're not villains. L- Louisvillians, 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 Louisvillians. Let's keep saying it. Okay, great. Apparently, avoid walking by this house at all wow. because they believe it to be cursed. Oh my god! Many people believe that this home was actually the inspiration for the first season of American Horror Story. Ooh. Ooh. Horrified and completely freaked out. I relayed all this information to D when I next saw him. He just shrugged and said, I told you that is a fucking evil house. <laughs> stay sexy and stay away from crazy murder mansions. And while you're tripping your ass off, M. P.S. There are links in, in to the house below. Apparently, the house has gone under renovations and has been cleansed. Wow. New tenants now live inside. Hopefully, the cleansing worked. And there's some pictures and some links that we'll put up. Cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's see that. 
Love it. Nice. Drugs. Love a classic drug haunted house story. <laughs> Just a, pl- a plain old drug story. You know, classic. Sure. Okay. This is called Halloween Story, The Time Ghosts Stole My Internet. Oh. Spooky Halloween, MFM crew. I've got a story about the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me on Halloween. During my senior year of college, I lived in an old building managed by a shitty landlord, meaning the basement was a dripping, decrepit dungeon that I only ever visited when I had to do laundry. One day, to my dismay, I was forced to venture down when the internet cut out unexpectedly, and I decided to follow the cables leading into the basement to see what was up. Once in the basement, I discovered that the cable was being fed through the floor above, which dropped into a room in the basement, Uh a room that previously was completely unknown to me. It was blocked by a door that was so tattered and charred, I'd always assumed it was just part of the wall where some dryer-related fire had started. Oh. Desperate for my precious internet, I pry open the door. Inside was what I assumed to be a former living space for a previous tenant, complete with a closet, bathroom, and ghostly impressions of appliances that had been ripped from the walls. Walking in further, I find a collection of items that felt like they were plucked straight out of a horror movie. First, I find two photographs, pocketbook size, that look like children's school portraits. I couldn't tell for sure because their faces had been deliberately burned out. No! Then I find an unopened letter addressed to this building, postmarked from 1999. I know this means I'm admitting to having committed a federal offense, but yeah, I opened it. Yep, you are. Duh. Do not mess with the mail. (laughs) (laughs) The letter inside just seemed like a congratulatory message for the tenants and their new home. It's signed off with, I'm praying very hard for your baby. Love, Father Mark. Spooky Halloween. The moment I read this, I look down and notice that scattered across the floor are old baby toys. No. Abandoned room, desecrated photos of children, cryptic letter from a priest, old baby toys. Nope. (laughs) I called my internet provider and they sent a guy out to solve the problem. Another weird note when I asked. To solve the problem of the worst thing in the world happening in (laughs) that room. You deal with this, motherfucker. Hi. So I don't know if you uh, have any connections with God or whoever clears this shit up. Right. Do you believe in (laughs) Another weird note when I asked the guy what the source of the problem was, he just said, I don't know. That was strange. Oh, thanks. The date at all the date all this happened, October 31st. Stay sexy and don't try to solve your internet problems yourself, Nicole. For real. Oh my god. For so many reasons. Yeah. That's like that um remember that house I feel like if if it was a real news story, I can't remember, but I remember it popping up kind of early days of the Facebook group and it was they had uncovered a basement, like a sub basement yes. when it had like toys in, the garage in it. And shit, right? Yeah. And it was like there were toys and there was like uh-huh. kids stuff, but it was all old and dusty. We never heard about it again. Uh, it could have been fake. <laughs> okay. No, I think it was re- I'm pretty sure it was real. I feel like it was real, but you know. So's the tooth fairy. <laughs> Okay, subject line, Halloween murder, ghosts, questionable camping attire. Ahoy hoy, ladies, Jay and Steven. Yes. You're all fab and I love you and I've been meaning to share the story for a while as it's my favorite and completely uncharacteristic of my parents. My family has a cabin in the Adirondacks. Adirondacks, in uh, parentheses, a large forest preserve in the way north of New York State. Wow. Only about an hour from where I grew up. That's a Richie Rich. Okay, Richie. My queen's born and raised grandfather bought the land and built it after serving in Vietnam and retiring from the military. The Adirondacks are pretty remote, absolutely stunning, and definitely 100% spooky Mm. in the dark, I bet. Mm Mm-hmm. 
One summer night, my parents were driving family friends back to their campsite at nearby Big Moose Lake after a day spent at our cabin. My parents first dropped off Nancy and their twin girls directly to their site while they took Mike to the family car in the campsite's parking lot to grab a few things that they had left behind earlier in the day. Their journey, however, came to an abrupt stop when a woman walked in front of my parents' car, forcing them to a screeching halt. Mm. The way both of my parents recall it, the woman had her hair up in a high bun, was wearing a long lace nightgown that was trailing on the ground with long sleeves and a high collar Mm-mm. that reached the top of her neck. Ghost. Ghost. <laughs> it's a ghost. There's no, those dresses don't exist yep, anymore. That's a ghost. Unless you're weirdly in like German Vogue or something. <laughs> My dad says that he was going to ignore it. <laughs> no. Don't ignore ghosts. They get mad. Dad. Uh, and what? And whenever they tell the story, my mom says the same, despite a feeling of complete unease. My dad told himself, obviously, super logically, maybe it's just a lady from downstate who doesn't know what to wear in the wilderness in the middle of the summer. <laughs> yes, dad, the lady from Yonkers is going to wear a full body corset to a campground. Well, what should I wear to this camping excursion? Okay, well, I know I'm going to want a wasp-like waist. Maybe she's Mara, Moira from... Uh, oh, excursion, Excursion. <laughs> Alexis, come camping. Uh, Okay. We're back in the lady from Yonkers. We're a full body course to a campground. The unfailing uh, distant politeness slash it's none of my fucking businessness of a grizzled New Englander is truly unwavering. But after a moment of watching her glide, my dad insists glide across the dirt road, their friend Mike from the backseat leaned forward and said, insert exaggerated shuddering noise. Mm. The idea of a shared hallucination between the three was beyond even my incredibly logical parents' imaginations. And when Mike said, we're not telling Nancy and the girls about this, they all agreed. Flash forward to 20 years later, it was the summer before I left for college, and I was getting ready to head out to work early in the morning when my father, also work-bound, opened the local newspaper and whispered, holy shit. When I walked over to him, he pointed to an old photo. That's her. Oh, my God. I had grown up hearing about the Victorian ghost lady at every campfire we'd had. And when I looked at the woman with her hair in the bun and her white lace collar up to the top of her neck, I knew instantly exactly who he was talking about. The woman, as it turned out, was Grace Brown, a former employee of the Gillette Skirt Company in Cortland, New York. Grace had been in a secret, forbidden, romantic relationship with Chester Gillette, the nephew of the company's owner. Oh, my God. Upstairs, downstairs. You know the story. After a short time, Grace found herself pregnant with Chester's child. He promised to marry her, but first he wanted to take her to the Adirondacks for a romantic getaway. They stayed at Covewood Lodge, a hotel on Big Moose Lake, and unbeknownst to Grace, Chester checked them in under the name Carl Graham so that it would match the initials on his suitcase, C-E-G, but conceal his identity. Only days later, on July 11th, 1906, Chester took Grace out on a romantic boat ride. Mm. You were right. Where he beat her with a tennis racket before dumping her in the lake. Obviously, when Chester came back alone from his quote-unquote romantic boat trip, Mm. he had some explaining to do, which he did. Quote, we talked a little more, then she got up and jumped in the water. Just jumped in. Yeah. Unquote. Yeah, dude. Sure, dude. Grace's body was found the next day, and Chester was arrested in nearby Inlet, New York, which is best remembered as the place I first saw Brendan Fraser's George of the Jungle in theaters. <laughs> My God, <laughs> this is the longest email of all time. The following three-week trial was a huge deal in our area, which is the reason it was in the paper a hundred years later. Yeah. The trial was reenacted for the public to attend in 2006. <gasps> Chester Gillette was electrocuted in 1908 at Auburn Prison in upstate New York, which, fun fact, was the 
the site of the first execution by electric chair in 1890. The murder, surprisingly, isn't all that well known, even in the area, despite it being the inspiration for the Theodore Dreiser novel An American Tragedy and the subsequent place... Oh, and the subsequent movie, A Place in the Sun, starring Elizabeth Taylor and Montgomery Clift, which Mm -hmm. is an amazing movie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you haven't seen it, it's such a good movie, A Place in the Sun. My parents still swear it also has um, Shelley Winters as the as the wife that he doesn't want anymore. Mm. And she is so good. Mm. She's so good. Okay. My parents still swear to this day that they saw someone that night. And I look for Grace every time I'm at camp, Mm. despite bears definitely being the bigger threat. But the Adirondacks are a gorgeous place. So if I ever become a ghost, I can only hope that that's where I'm forced to haunt. Don't date someone from your job. Buy your own romantic getaway. Don't haunt the forest in an inappropriate camping attire. Sarah. What if the what if the ghost was actually the the actress who was playing her in the reenactment and she was just like, you know what I'm going to do? Scare the ever-loving shit out of some people. When they went to film the reenactment, she'd actually got so many good scares out of people. Yeah. She, as an actress, became addicted to the success yeah. of that character. I bet that's what it is. She's like, I'm so good at being a ghost. Wow, that's scary. That was a good, that was a good old lakefront scare. Do you know what I think makes it so valid is when... Pe- and multiple people see the same ghost thing. Yes. You know what I mean? It's I not think just... that's kind of key. Yeah. You know, like, it's not just you because who yeah. knows? You always see ghosts alone. There's never like, are you seeing what I'm seeing? No. You know? <laughs> Scooby-Doo stuff? Exactly. And then you make a big sandwich? This is called, we almost killed grandpa on Halloween. Oh. Hey, full-size candy bar, bar babarinos. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it's the early 2000s. The Star Wars prequels were big. My sisters were too cool to go trick-or-treating with me and grandpa was sick oh way to set the stage you really you've painted the picture perfectly my dad and grandpa used to drive around behind us when we went door to door begging for candy which was perfect (laughs) because you could swap out pillowcases and people would feel bad for your sad sack soliciting and give you more candy that is genius act like you're hardly getting any candy here's my sad that's so charlie brown that's called the old charlie brown ruse (laughs) anyways this year grandpa was in the hospital so my dad suggested we go take him some candy We get up to the silent hospital floor and my dad stops me outside his door. Remember Star Wars? So my dad pulls out his Darth Maul mask. If you can't remember what he looks like, red and black face markings, yellow eyes, horns, and he tells me to go wake up Grandpa. (laughs) I do. Grandpa, all caps, starts screaming. He later tells us he thought he'd died and gone to the wrong place. The nurses peeked in at the noise, but we were, but we all got a good laugh out of it, oh, no. and we absolutely smuggled Grandpa some candy. <laughs> Wait a second, it was a child, yeah. right? Yep. A child and their parent. Yeah. So it's a little short devil. Hi. Like that's even scarier. That's right. <laughs> it's poor Grandpa. Poor Grandpa. Both my Grandpa and my father have passed away, but I told this story at my dad's funeral just to remind people of how much of a hilarious, mischievous jerk he was. <laughs> Oh, and then it says, get your prostate checked. Oh. He also used to hide in a closet and try to jump out and scare my sisters when they came home from school. Classic dad. Ugh, dad. SSDGM and don't show up to grandpa's hospital bed looking like the copyrighted (laughs) specter of hell. Christy. (laughs) Oh, my God. That gets me. That's so good. so good. One final scare for grandpa. (laughs) What if they had killed grandpa? Darth Maul is is truly upsetting looking. If you were an old man and wake up to that. Oh, shit. I went to the wrong place. Yeah. You're like, oh, fucking great. Child devils. (laughs) Great. The worst place. Okay. The subject line of this email is my haunted ass internship had a ghost bell. 
a ghost bell. Karen Georgia, Stephen, Animals. I moved to L.A. from the East Coast in 2016 to start film school. And when I was 19, I got my first internship at a small development company that was located at the Formosa lot in West Hollywood. Know it. I think that's Hollywood proper. I'm not sure what was scarier. The number of times I had to read a script that was described a woman as, quote, beautiful, but she doesn't know it. Oh, my God. <laughs> beautiful, but doesn't know it. She's beautiful, but doesn't know she it. She doesn't know it. Yeah. She's like one of the boys. Oh. <laughs> she wears glasses, but when she takes her glasses off, yeah. she's suddenly a model. And her hair's down now, too. <laughs> Overalls, but sexy. Yeah. It makes no sense, boys. <laughs> Or the time I encountered a literal goddamn ghost. The office that day was empty except for myself, one other intern, and the executive assistant who was sitting in the reception area. The other intern and I were quietly reading scripts for coverage on our laptops when I heard this kind of shuffling sound next to me. At first, I thought maybe I dropped something and turned my head to look, only to hear as clear as a fucking, um, as clear as fucking day, a woman's voice right in my ear say, Help me. No, that's not what you want to hear a ghost mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Without thinking, I jumped up and ran into the reception room and then had to explain to the executive assistant why I had freaked out. I was kind of embarrassed and expected her to think I was nuts. Plot twist. She listened to my story, then pulled a key from her desk and told me to do the following. Take the key, go to the into the CEO of the company's desk and unlock a certain drawer. Inside will be a bell. No. Take the bell into the room where you heard the voice ring it three times then place it in the center of the room and open the window or just quit your fucking job and never go back there it's an internship you'll find another one not being paid to have the shit scared out of you this is literally above your pay grade this is this is now like a six-step thing where it's like now you're in the illuminati wants you to ring the bell three times now you're the ghost you live here forever (laughs) now you're why the fuck did you ring that bell i was just an intern they told me to now you'll be an executive assistant intern forever you'll get the leftover sandwiches if you ring the bell (laughs) god i did that for so many years okay (laughs) go on steal toilet paper from the bathroom will you intern (laughs) ring the bell but sure enough there was this archaic bell in the ceo's desk and there's they included a picture and i followed all these instructions it turns out there were many spooky things happening in that office (sighs) and the ceo had been gifted the bell to help clear out the bad energies that's how bad it was from a fuck who from From that one psychic that has the white wire hair i don't trust what's his name (laughs) you don't no he has a connection um okay I had never experienced anything in that office after that. At least I got to work. And at least I got to walk away with a wild story. Hollywood, am I right? <laughs> Thank you for all you do. I work as a PA currently and your podcast has got me through some crazy long drives to set and other runs. I don't know what I'd do without it. Stay sexy and get a ghost bell, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> so can anyone gift a ghost bell and be like, is it like sage when your best friend gives you sage? Oh, we have a picture of the bell. Ooh, we have the bell. bell. Ooh, Ooh, that's a creepy bell. That looks like a Catholic bell. Does it? That looks like the church gave someone it a bell. Does. That, Maybe it was dipped in holy water. Exorcism bell. <laughs> Can uh, we put that up on the Instagram? Floor? I love that bell. Yeah, I bet you this is the kind of bell that is only a CEO could afford. Right. Because it's like it's some antique snake oil salesman that's like, I've got a $29,000 bell that would solve all your problems. $29,000 <laughs> bell. I think one exists. Let's look it up. Let's look up. Go on. Stephen, you go on eBay and see what the most expensive bell you can find is. Thank you. Okay. Well, I read this one uh put in the in the search ghost bell hashtag ghost bell yeah 
Oh, and put in Kristen Bell as well <laughs> to see she, if she'll help us. She's so cute. She's so nice. I like her. Okay. <laughs> this is called Spooky Divorce? Question mark. Yes. And the answer is yes. Always. Hi, Karen, Georgia, Stephen, Katz, and listeners. <laughs> That's nice to include them. I was recently Kiss up. <laughs> I was recently going on and on to my boyfriend about your podcast, and he piped up. Well, didn't I tell you about the ghost that lived in my house? Ooh. Um, no, no, he had not. <laughs> anyway. So he grew up in a pretty ritzy part of Rhode Island in one of those old houses that's big enough for him, the child, to have a whole basement level of the house to himself. The child? Him. Him, him as the, the child, child. Right. Yeah. Not the child. <laughs> <laughs> the weird child who follows them around everywhere. Like that movie. Did you, did you ever see that movie, The Boy? And it was like the... It was a mannequin doll that was a little boy oh God. that looked a lot like Jared Kushner. Was this mannequin part two? It was no, it was the boy. Okay. It was, ba- but it was the same idea. Got it. It was the horror version of mannequin. That sounds fun. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> so on one side of the basement, he had a living room with a TV and a computer, and on the other end of the basement was his bedroom. I mean, it was all just one giant long rectangle, but you rectangle but you get it yeah he said that for a while he slept on the couch in his room because the area of the basement near his bed was and i quote unnaturally cold (laughs) it was just the one area where his bed was a normal person would move the bed but not him he just slept on the couch not the little rich boy not the child the child (laughs) the child the child the basement child um so he said one night he was playing on the computer, I imagine Oregon Trail, but unsure, and felt a chill run through his whole body. He quickly turned toward his bed and said, I didn't actually see anything physically standing there, but in my mind, I could see a little girl standing on the bed. She wasn't scary. She just stood there. Uh, so he like could see in a different image. way. Yeah. That's scary. It's almost scarier. It is. It's no. like inside your head. Yeah. In your like, brain. I know that this is here. Ooh. And he knew that was the cold presence in his room. The girl. Yeah. He said he never mentioned her to anyone until about 15 years later. He was talking with his mom and said, hey, have you any paranormal experiences before? And she replied, are you talking about the little girl who lived in our house? Oh, my God. Around this time, she started... Around the time he started seeing this little girl in his house, his parents were going through a pretty shitty divorce. His mom said that the little girl would appear in her room, sometimes with a jump rope or hula hoop, sometimes just empty handed. She said she was really comforted by the spirit because she felt like she was there to bring comfort and a sense of innocence back into the house during such a hard time. <laughs> she should have let the sun know, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, hey. I'm getting great vibes from this ghost yeah, baby. She's cool. You can sleep in your bed. Yeah. Don't be scared. My boyfriend didn't seem totally down with the friendly ghost, but apparently she was a source of great comfort for his mom. I think that's pretty cool. It's like we're always thinking of ghosts as being scary and haunting, but maybe they're just looking out for us too. Mm-hmm. SSDGM Ben. <laughs> P.S. I came from a family that watched Dateline as family after dinner TV. So finding your podcast this summer was truly the greatest thing to have happened to me. I love you guys so much. Also, what the fuck, mom and dad? I was like six. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ben. What Thanks. a good story. Yeah, that's scary. The plot of that story is also... I mean, that story is also the plot of the movie um, The Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. What if ghosts are actually trying to help us? I'm comforted by your scary, scary presence. <laughs> and it's not scaring the shit out of me at all. No, not at all. Come into my tent in my room and let's, throw up, please. Let's play Twosies with Oregon Trail. <laughs> there wasn't Twosies, was there? Oh, Stephen has an uh, update. Twosies. <laughs> on eBay, the most expensive bell is a 1900 bronze bell, which was a gift of the Mexican president to actor Harold Lloyd. Yes. Uh, Want to guess? Oh. $8,000? I'm going to say... Higher. What? 
Thirteen thousand dollars. Eighty-five thousand dollars. Buy that shit. bell. Buy now. Buy it. Buy now. Stephen, I'll click, pay you back. Click buy now. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> just broke his phone. It's fine. It's fine. You owe him a bell, Karen. Is this a picture of a bell on a shirt? What if they trick you into buying a shirt bell oh instead God. of the real bell? Look at how old that is. That doesn't look like it's worth $85,000. This is the Liberty Bell of California. <laughs> this is Hollywood's answer to Who the Liberty Bell. Who is selling that? And are they going to get the money for it? Let's see. Call them. Is their phone number on that? They have, they're also selling postcards of like old ranch houses for $20. These people wow. know what they're doing. All right. Yet, good for them. It's a 1900 bronze bell. I'm buying bells from estate sales from now on. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. I'm going to be like, show me your bells that are 50,000 and higher, please. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. see anything less. Thank you, Damn. Sorry to throw your phone on, on the floor <laughs> like a brat. It was a ghost. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Subject line of this one, two coffins, one grave, my true family ghost story. Oh, dear. Happy Halloween to Karen, Georgia, and all my favorite fluffy minions, including Steven. <laughs> I found MFM during a dark time in my life, and hearing about all the horrible murder has really helped. I can. I have only been listening for about a year and a half, and my home has never been cleaner. <laughs> Aww. Thank you for making me feel like I'm part of something. Thank you Aww. for listening. This is a story my dad told me about his grandmother when I was little, and I've been fascinated fascinated by it my whole life. I've wanted to share it with you for a while, and there is no better time than now. Halloween. In the late winter of 1940, my great-grandma Miranda passed away. Soon after, Laura, her daughter, began having nightmares. Every night, her mom would come uh, come to her in her sleep and say, I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the wrong place. That is all Miranda ever said. I'm in the wrong place. Night after night, her mother appeared until finally the nightmares became so terrible, Laura knew she had to do something. She insisted that they exhume Miranda. No one no one would listen to her, of course, and she was dismissed as a hysterical, grieving woman. But Laura knew she couldn't give up. She knew something was wrong. She knew the nightmares wouldn't go away on their own. So great-grandma Laura was like, fuck politeness, and <laughs> became so persistent that eventually they gave in and finally agreed to dig up Miranda's grave. About six inches under 
underneath where she had been, they found another coffin. What? Miranda had been buried in someone else's grave. <gasps> the nightmare stopped after that. Stay sexy and always listen to your oh, mother. Julie from Minnesota. No, Julie, I need more information. That's it. She was buried in someone else's spot. Oh, that's chilling. Yeah. I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the wrong place. Look, I killed the moth and now I feel really bad about it. He's in the wrong place. No. Don't please don't haunt me. He's like, I, you're the re- I'm the reason you have a Halloween costume this year. Oh. And you just smashed me? Shit. <laughs> Sorry, friend. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> I only live about 48 hours anyway. <laughs> that time I walked home at night and shit got strange. Ooh. Dear fuckward murder mystery family. <laughs> that sounded like they, they were insulting us for a second. <laughs> Dear fucking. Dear fuckward. Happy spooky Halloween month. Let's get into it. Yeah. I have a close-knit group of gals that I've been friends with for the majority of my life. Even though we all lead busy lives in different parts of the country, we all still try to reconvene in our little hometown in Ottawa, Illinois, home of the Radium Girls, 15 minutes <gasps> from the Star Rock murders. Wow. The tradition is to have a sleepover at my friend Leah's home. Her family lives two blocks from mine. I've always been the chicken shit of the group. Think Vern from Stand By Me. I was gullible, easy to scare, and was always worried about getting in trouble. Yeah, but don't worry, because when you grow up, you're going to be really hot and cut. That's right. What's his name? Um, Jerry O'Connell? Yeah. On one particular reunion a couple of years ago, I decided I would be brave for once and walk the two blocks to Leah's house at night rather than take my car. Mm. Carbon footprint. I grabbed my overnight bag and pillow and set out for my harrowing journey. I had walked one block when I noticed something strange on the street corner. Standing on the opposite side of the road under a street light was a young boy, maybe 12 years old. He was holding a knife. What? I'm not good with children, especially ones wielding weapons, so I hightailed it to my destination away from my actual nightmare. <laughs> when I arrived, I busted in the door and yelled at the other girls that there was a little boy with a knife outside. Naturally, they all ran out of the house to see what the hell I was talking about. The little boy was still there, and he had taken to repeatedly stabbing the light post. Uh-oh. After he decided he had done his fair share of stabbing, he walked into the middle of the road, turned back to the streetlight, and bowed to it like a full-on theatrical bow <laughs> one arm extended in front of him and everything yes oh karen just did it, it amazing <laughs> yes actors bow we watched him as he walked away and when he was out of sight everyone busted out laughing it was truly the strangest shit we had ever seen i have no idea what the devil child was doing or where the <laughs> hell his parents were but he put the fear of god in me and gave everyone else a good laugh it never fails that someone brings up knife boy at our reunions now <laughs> stay sexy and just take your car even if it's two blocks carly for real carly <laughs> you never know who's gonna be out on that street yeah, but you would have had that story <laughs> you know it, it puts me in the mind of uh-huh. is our friend our Me chainsaw too. boy but the vibe is totally different yeah it's riding your bike around chainsawing down telephone poles is a totally Menace. different energy it's menacing that's menacing menacing this little boy stabbing a light pole which means it's metal oh. which means that child's not okay yeah that's a cry for help yeah it's not as proactive she should have asked if he was okay she should have been like could you give me the knife carly where's your mommy <laughs> no her name was carly carly should have said where's your mommy she should have said that to herself and then driven herself wherever that inner child wanted carly to go. where is your mommy carly carly mommy. oh jesus okay okay <clears throat> this is my last one uh and the subject line is the halloween witch 
Okay, I'm not going to read the entire subject line. It gives it away. Hi, MFM fam. I'm a longtime listener, but first time emailer. I've been debating sending the story in for a while, so I was excited when you asked for Halloween stories. When I was growing up, my mom told me and my siblings the story of the Halloween witch. The story went that the Halloween witch was a special witch who only <laughs> 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 this is straight up some more Kilgariff shit. Yeah. My sister was constantly making up lies Lying. and scamming me out of shit when I was a kid. <gasps> no. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. It's really getting me. <laughs> the Halloween witch was a special witch who only appeared every Halloween night to get what she loved most, candy. <laughs> she she loved candy so much that her teeth were rotten from eating it all the time. <laughs> she would fly around on her broomstick to different houses to see if anyone had left their candy on their doorstep. And if they did, she'd take the candy and leave them a special treat. So every Halloween night, my siblings and I would, go, would not go home and count our candy like everyone else did. Instead, we'd spend the night Dividing up our candy to give to the Halloween witch. Oh, mom. Of course you couldn't just give her all of the Smarties, candy corn, and Tootsie Rolls and call it a day. No, you had to give her her fair share of the Reese's, Kit Kats, and all the good stuff. Supposedly, if you gave her all the bad candy that you didn't want, she'd leave you a bag of coal. Mm. I suspect my mom <laughs> borrowed from Santa Claus stories for this. You have no idea how long it would take us to split our candy hauls in half. Yes, we had to give her half of our candy. Oh, my God. Just like the government. So smart. <laughs> even with, with an even mix of good and bad candy. Sometimes the debate between giving her a Twix or a Snickers was too much for us to handle. <laughs> but it always paid off because we'd wake up the next morning to find a present on our doorstep. Aww. It was usually something we told our mom we wanted from the Halloween witch, which should have which should have tipped us off. <laughs> That's adorable. After some time, we all knew the Halloween witch was like Santa Claus and that my mom, spoiler alert, had made her up. Oh, my God. However, it took me... That was for all the people who needed to pause the a podcast oh, because yeah. people shouldn't hear certain things right. at certain ages. However... Oh, it, shit. Good call. Yeah. However, it took me until high school to find out that no one else gave up their candy to the <laughs> Halloween witch. In my defense, I went to a small private school with only like 10 to 15 kids in my class. That's not an excuse. I was talking with a friend about Halloween and saying something like, I remember going home and splitting up candy for the Halloween witch. And she looked at me like I was crazy. Oh, God. I swear to God, I've lived this. She looked at me like I was crazy. Turns out no one else had a mom who cared so much about her kids having nice teeth that she crafted an elaborate story so that they give up half of their candy and eat less sugar. Imagine that. I recently asked my mom what she did with all the candy. It turns out she and my dad would take it into the office and share it with their co-workers who must have loved them. Oh my god. She also said that she got the idea from a friend but to, to this day I've heard of no one else doing this. My mom has always been somewhat obsessed with us having nice teeth so I wasn't surprised to hear that that was the motivation for the Halloween witch. Part of me respects that she stuck to the story for so long. And hey, I'm not mad that I got a nice present and made my parents more popular with their co-workers. SSDGM Alyssa. It's pretty brilliant. Do you know what my sister, the reason I'm laughing so hard is because when we were really, really little mm -hmm. and Laura and I had to take baths together, she would have us play a game called the Water Witch and the Bubble Princess. <laughs> And she she framed it like a game. So I was like, yes, let's play. Yeah. And because to me, who knew which one was going to be right. the water witch and which one was going to be the bubble you princess. you want to be the bubble princess. You want to be the bubble princess, but it would turn out Laura was the bubble every princess every time. time. And that would mean that she would take all the bubbles in the bathtub and pull them to her side so that she literally was sitting like 
past her eyes up in bubbles and I was sitting in water. Oh my God. And that God. was the game. It oh. took me forever to be like, I don't want to play this game anymore. You get all the I'm bubbles. calling her the bubble prince. I'm texting her right now and saying, what's up, bubble princess? <laughs> yeah. The water witch says, hey, girl. The water witch, why didn't I know by the name of the game and how no fun it was that the second you got into the bathtub, you just didn't have bubbles yeah. anymore. Yeah. It's hilarious. But maybe next time you'll be the water witch. That's <laughs> Who why. Who knows how the game's going to go? Fucking big sisters, man. The worst. Okay, here's my last one. It's a little long. Okay. Um, childhood ghost haunting. Hello, two-legged and four-legged pals. Mm -hmm. I have a spooky story I'd like to share that haunts me to this day. As a young child, maybe nine or ten, my family and I visited the Hotel Del Coronado on a family vacation. While at the gift shop, I picked up a book entitled Beautiful Stranger, The Ghost of Kate Morgan and the Hotel Del Coronado. Ooh. One of the employees saw me flipping through it and told me that Kate's ghost is alive and well and haunts her gift shop by turning on fans and throwing books off the shelves. <laughs> Um, brief backstory for those unfamiliar. Kate Morgan checked into the Hotel Del Coronado in November of 1892 and never checked out. She allegedly died by suicide, though foul play was suspected, on the back steps of the Dell after waiting five days for her boyfriend Tom to meet her there. Oh. He never showed up. Uh, she still haunts the iconic hotel to this day. Back to my story. For whatever reason, my parents let me buy this book, and I read it cover to cover that night, beginning signs of a future murderino. <laughs> One particular story stood out to me where a hotel guest took a shower, and when they got out, Kate's initials, KM, were written in the steam on the mirror. I excitedly shared the story with my parents, though they didn't find it as fascinating as I did. We all went to bed that night, but little did I know that that would be one of the most traumatizing and memorable nights of my life. Uh -oh. Around 2 a.m., I got up to use the bathroom. The next moments are burned into my memory so vividly. I was sitting on the toilet half asleep and slowly looked to the right at the hotel bathroom mirror. On the mirror were the initials KM. Suddenly, everything turned into slow motion. The room started spinning and chills ran down my body and until I was completely numb, unable to comprehend the fact that I, I was in the presence of a ghost. I started violently shaking and began what can only be described by my parents as a full-on panic attack. Oh. I somehow made uh, my way out of the bathroom and tried to tell my mom what was happening, but could not even form words. I pointed to the bathroom in between blabbering, sobbing, and shaking. Without even missing a beat, my mom stormed over my dad and yelled, <laughs> Look what you've done! <laughs> I was so confused. She continued to berate him at the top of her lungs. Tell her you did that. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Turns out the whole thing was just a practical joke. My dad was playing on me by writing KM with a bar of soap. He And he assumed I would see it in the morning and laugh it off. I'm pretty sure I didn't stop shaking and crying until morning. My mom was livid, but my dad thought it was hilarious. It is hilarious. To this day, he can't tell the story without laughing so hard he cries. <laughs> Fucking parents. Quick note to end on. I have a theory that the real Kate is with me to this day. I revisited the hotel as an adult and bought an ornament and displayed it on my bookshelf at home. I swear on my cat's life, who I love dearly, that one night while watching TV, the ornament went flying off the shelf and landed at least six feet away from where I had it displayed. That's because your cat hit it off the shelf. <laughs> Come on. Also, the ceiling fans and microwave fan in my house mysteriously turn on every once in a while. Coincidence? Probably. More fun to <laughs> theorize about absolutely. absolutely anyway stay sexy and don't play practical jokes on your impressionable daughters <laughs> jamie that is tell her what you've done see people always forget trick or treat everyone's focus right. is so much oh is this candy bar the best which one is yeah which state likes which candy bar the best full-size candy bars are mini fun size oh i wonder it's not really fun the question is 
what could happen to you that other people will think is funny because they see the big picture <laughs> and that you, because you're so freaked out about the vibe of the evening. Oh, thank I mean, God no one I know is like trick people, <laughs> like boo, like jump out of from behind a, should we like make a plan for when we're together on Halloween that we will, we will get to scare each other one time. Okay. Sounds good. Should we shake on it? Yeah. Scare! It's gonna be a spooky Halloween. Oh fuck! I bet you're good at it. I bet you're better than I am. I'm just gonna like hide behind a bush and go boo. You know what I'm gonna do is um I'm gonna go and take all the money out of our joint account. (laughs) (laughs) And when you when you check our bank account at dinner, fuck fuck fuck! Oh shit! My card gets declined when I try to pay. No, I got I got this with our my favorite murder account. Oh no! You're declined. That really is my number one fear. I think. All right, I'm gonna do it then. Uh, oh no, I already, I already thought of it. You have to do. You have to figure out my number two fear. <laughs> Spiders. No. Failure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna go, Karen. You failed. No. Okay. Well, just yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have a fucking hooray? It's time for the fucking hooray. Let's do it. What's okay. your? You want me to go first? You want sure. To go? Okay. Do, you, do you want? It? Mine is just that I've been walking. <gasps> that's good yeah I, I've been really like not loving myself lately sure in a, in a pretty strong way mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you I'm hearing you I feel it and I made the big mistake of buying a scale oh yeah I know yeah and I just can't fit into any of my clothes and I've just like not been stoked and so I'm instead of doing nothing yeah I'm d- trying to do something good. That's right? all it takes. Okay. Yes. So I've been walking. You're pushing that. Um, you have to p- push the boulder downhill. It has to get started somehow. Okay. And so doing something is the key. Okay. Tiny baby steps, but also that's good because then it's releasing dopamine right. into your brain and making you feel better. Right. You're you're taking charge of your chemicals. Right. And I'm getting some sun too, which I think I need to. Like, Very good. Like vitamin D. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. And also just is it that lovely track? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. it's like nice and listening to a book. I'm enjoying myself. Why not? And maybe the dopamine will help my, with my self-esteem. I think it will. Okay. Because then you're also, you know, inside you're doing something for yourself, which right. is like right there is you've played a card in your yeah. own favor, kind of. Yeah. I've been doing the same with swimming. Yeah, I know. I'm so impressed. Thank you. Well, it's um, it feels so good yeah. once I do it. Right. But I it is m- unbelievable when I actually start to pay attention to how much I resist doing anything at all. Oh my god, me too. It's crazy. So it's like I almost started just having to go like the, I start, I hear the talk beginning of yeah. how I can't do it. And then I just don't listen and just go put like put my bathing suit on really fast. Yeah. Just so I'll do it. Yeah. Well, you're not swim naked. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my god. But my, that was me, uh, caboosing onto yours no please do um so out of the way now it's mine get in here um but also (laughs) but i would say also and this is this is purely for like the fun of it but also i i really find people like to make a lot of jokes these days about how like everyone's into horoscopes and Mm -hmm. the trendiness of horoscopes the trendiness of whatever but i really find i think it's just another step in people trying to become aware like just give me some kind of sign of what should i be thinking of what should i be aware of 
And it's always, po- it's like usually positive, like ways to change and to become a better person. Yeah, I think so. Or at least just, why don't you pay attention to this, like mindset, right? Where it's like, do you need, are you being negative? Do you need to be more positive? Right. Or are you looking at the world a certain way? Should you be whatever? Yeah. So I just want to say, if that's something that you like and you're interested in doing, my friend Ariana Lenarski reads tarot cards on Twitter. So her at is a Dream City Tarot and she pulls cards for you wow. through this little app and you actually pull your own cards and then she reads them for you and she's so good at it. <gasps> I want to do it. You should totally do it. I'll give I'll give you this. Um, well, you read my moon cards when we did a fan cult video recently. Yeah, I fucking loved it. You were like, you're going to hate this. You're going to hate this. You're going to hate this. <laughs> and I loved it. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. I think it's the kind of thing like Whatever it is, I just like the idea of like mindfulness. It's yes, you can. You other outsiders may judge it as being woo woo yeah. or whatever, but who gives a shit? Yeah, you don't have to listen to those people. No, and it's fun to go. Oh, like I find with my obsessive thinking and the things that I attach to and then decide are bad. Mm-hmm. I always like to judge everything that's going on inside me instead of just letting it happen, and so it feel like looking into things like this it's almost just like going yes you have this feeling or this energy in this area it's fine or move it to this area or just consider this like it's always good there's more there's more options than just the one that your brain automatically jumps to yeah and why not be like oh if i can access some like larger knowledge through these cards that'd be cool sure why not i mean who knows it's like yeah and also the Loch, Loch Ness monster's real. God damn it. And you believe in Yetis. <laughs> I'm just saying, look for the answers wherever they might be found. Okay. Please. Okay. In Loch Ness, Scotland. In Loch Ness, we trust. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening to this very special um, Halloween episode. We hope you guys have a really good and safe Halloween. Yep. Have fun. Get Why not give out full-size candy bars? Sure. Make a kid's year. Or just see one yourself. Yeah, have a couple, know when to cut it off. Yeah. Don't be afraid to go walk around. That's right. And stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, you want a cookie? Ah. Oh, it's alive. It's alive. Ah. Did that thing come back? Is it a zombie moth? It's a zombie moth.